You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and it's good to be with you today. Uh, We're going to be looking at Help for Today, What Comes Out of a Relationship with Christ. Something to think about. What do we get out of having a relationship with Jesus? Good question to ask. Something good, really, to consider and think about today on Words of Encouragement. I've entitled this, Help for Today. What comes out of a, out of a relationship with Christ? What comes out of a relationship with Christ? What is the benefit of having a relationship with Jesus? Let me ask you something. Have you ever run a 5K? I have walked several. (laughs) But have you ever run one of those? Maybe, maybe, Maybe you're just trying to get a project in the yard done before nightfall. Maybe that's what you're just trying to do. And you're thinking, oh man, oh. One more little step, if I can get to the point where I can get it all done, and it is, it's a struggle, and you're struggling with it. Uh, in either case, whether you're running a 5K or working in the yard, or anything else that caused you to expel a lot of energy, you might have gotten to the point where you thought, you know what, I just want to give up right here. I just want to give up. I, it's just too much. Listen, I've said it before. But this stay-at-home and social distancing has gotten to me. It's too much. For some of you, you never started social distancing. You, that was never on your, on your radar. And maybe some of you didn't even stay. You said, well, I'm not staying at home either. I'm not doing that. <laughs> maybe you just thought, well, that's just ridiculous. I'm not, not, not going to do it. You may have been one of those voices who said, well, my, my rights are being taken away. Oh, my goodness. We have people in our parish who are outright going against the stay-at-home and social distancing because they just simply think it's ridiculous. As they do this, they could be putting others in danger. I mean, we do have to think about it. And I know it's all up to who you choose to believe. I know that. I know that. They ask, but, but I have to ask, do you care about others? Do you care about other people? Because if you do you will do some social distancing. You will be careful. You will wash your hands. You'll do that. That's just common sense. Isn't it common sense? I hope I don't have to convince you that that's common sense. My goodness. As a pastor, I'm responsible for making sure that when we gather, as we minister in our community, that you and I are safe to a certain degree. Now, I will grant you this. I cannot totally take responsibility for you. I cannot make sure that everything is going to be as clean as it needs to be. That calls on you and I to use our own minds and our own common sense that some people keep telling me is not as common, but I think you have it, to stop and think and be careful. I say all this because I cannot live with myself If I knew that we did something that endangered one of our church members or one of you, I I, I could not function day to day if I knew that we consciously did something that caused someone to get sick. 
you understand where I'm coming from. Uh, just understand where I'm coming from. Thankfully, the stay at home has been lifted in our state. The social distancing is still in play. Still have to keep six feet away from each other. Uh, and it's for our safety. Yes, it is. It's not an attack on our rights. It is not an attack on our freedom. It is a measure to keep us safe. Some will ask, well, how long are you going to listen to the government, Brother Craig, tell you what to do? Let me respond to that. I will do it until such a time that I deem it is not necessary to do so. But in order to make others safe, I am going to continue to social distance. I want to keep you safe. What if, you know, what if I knew, well, I've ju- it's just, you know, do you realize that I tell people during allergy season when my nose is, starts getting crazy, I tell people because I know it's just allergies. If I go and visit someone and I cough, you know, they look at me and I say, it's allergies. It's not, a, it's not contagious. I feel responsible and I want to take responsibility for myself. And I don't want to endanger anyone either. But I will continue to do what I can to do the right thing. I love that this is America. I love that in America we have a spirit that says, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. I love that. I love that spirit. But I also know that I have a responsibility to my fellow humans on this earth. And I want to do my part. I've been taught to love my neighbor as myself. I have been taught to love my enemies. So mark my word. I'm not, I, I don't, I'm, I'm going to tell them if I'm, if I'm coughing and I do have something, even my enemies, I'm going to let them know, hey, look, I, I, I may be contagious. I mean, it's called being responsible. That's that, to me. And it just seems simple to me, although I know it's not to everyone. It means as long as I live, I will try to keep others around me safe as well as myself. Also, for the moment, I will attempt to endure this odd, ridiculous to some, crazy and uncertain time in our history. And guess what? You can too. You can. You as a believer can persevere. You as a believer can do that. How? Because you as a believer have what it takes And it comes from your relationship with Christ. That's where it comes from. The ability to persevere comes out of your relationship with Christ. So what does that mean? Oh, it sounds like you and I are going to have to spend time with Jesus. We're going to have to depend on Him in order to have that perseverance. That's what it's going to take. Well, if you are able and you can, I'm going to ask you to stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. From Romans chapter 5, looking at verse, verses 1 through 5, I think, but we're going to just read one verse at this time. The Bible says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. May the Word of God be written on our hearts today. Would you please be seated? In verse 1, this verse right here, this verse 1 that I just read, tells us that if you have asked Christ into your heart, you have peace. That's what it means. 
If you have been justified by faith, you have peace. This is the overall peace that God brings, that God gives. What is, what is it? What is it? Does it mean you're never going to be scared? Does it mean you're always just, ah. Do you know anybody like that? I know some people that are just kind of, ah. You know, nothing bothers them. You can throw anything at them. Oh, look. Oh, you know. I mean, I mean, cut them with a knife. Oh, well, it's just a little flesh wound. No problem. It's, I'm okay. There are people that somehow are just okay. But that's not the peace that we're talking about. That's not the peace that God gives to us. A lot of people think, well, God will give us that kind of peace. That's what it is. That's not what it is. This peace is the peace of knowing that whatever happens, you're going to be okay. What is it? What? Whatever happens, I'm going to be okay. But Brother Craig, what if I'm in a, what if I'm in an accident, in a, in a vehicle accident? I may get hurt. You may be physically hurt. Oh, but Brother Craig, what if I get in an argument with somebody and they hurt my feelings? You may have your feelings hurt. But, oh, but Brother Craig, what if I get in an accident and I die? The peace that God brings to us is the peace of knowing that we're going to be okay. That okayness, that state of being okay may be, uh, may be here alive in this world. It may be there in heaven alive with Him. But we're going to be okay. It's the peace of knowing that we've got things worked out with the Lord in such a way. We have asked him to forgive us of our sins. We have asked him into our heart. He's in charge. And when we die, whether we live or die, we're going to be okay. That's the peace of God. That is what he's talking about here. Because our sins have been forgiven, we don't, we're going to be okay. We have a peace that he brings. Sure, we're going to miss those. Sure, we're going to miss those that we love if we die before they do. Oh, it's going to be hard. But knowing and having this peace that God gives us sure makes the trip easier and not as scary. To know where we're going if we die, there's an assurance that comes from the Word of God that we can have. And it's that peace that knows, look, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I am closer to the point of being just fine with, the, with whether I live or die. That's an odd thing. When I was little, I said, oh, dear God, let me grow up. Let me grow up. Let me, let me be able to learn how to drive. Dear God, let me live long enough. Let me live long enough to fall in love. Let me live long enough to have a job of some kind that where I can be on my own. I used to pray things like that, and, and, and I think, you know what? There's some things that I could still pray in that vein with God. I could still say, oh, dear God, just let me, let me make it to this point. Let me. I'm not worried about that anymore. I don't have that as an overall, uh, overarching concern in my life. Because I know I have the peace of God. I know that I'm going to heaven. Now, I'm not saying I'm just, I just live recklessly either. I'm not saying I'm going to run out in the road. <laughs> and just dare somebody to run me down. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if it comes to it, I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. Notice all through this relationship with Christ, we are introduced, uh, we're introduced to grace. 
We're introduced to grace. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But we're given access to God's grace. Look at verse 2. Through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult in hope of the glory of God. So by faith, by trusting in Christ, we are introduced to grace. We're ushered in to a place of grace. Well, what is grace? Grace is unearned favor. Now, we would call it, let put it in today's terms, and you might say, it's discrimination. Now, I say that word and you, oh, I know what you're thinking, I think. But it's this, if we say unearned favor, it sounds a little like discrimination. Let me explain this though. When I was, when I was young, when I, when I was young, wow. I like to think I still am. When I was in high school, let's put it there, let's go there. When I was in high school, there were some in the class that seemed to be favored over others. They hadn't earned favor with the teacher. There was nothing that they earned. There was no way they earned the favor. But they were real good looking. Maybe they had money that I didn't know about. I don't know. But they had unearned favor with a, with a, with a teacher. And I, don't, I, I never did like that. I never could understand that. Didn't like that. And, and I'd say, well, that's discrimination. What about me? <laughs> I, I, you know, I have to earn favor. Look, the good thing, the neat thing about this grace with God is that God wants to share His grace with everyone. He gives unmerited, unearned favor to everyone in that He says, Look, I want each one of you to be a part of my family. So it's not like discrimination we talk about. It's kind of like a, hey, look. I love every one of you. And I want every one of you in my family. And you didn't earn your way into my family. There's nothing you can do to work hard enough to get into my family. But I want you here, so I'm providing the way for you. And by faith, we're introduced into the grace of God. This grace place. It's a place of forgiveness. It's a place that Christ made possible for each one of us to be in. We are in a place, the space of grace, if we've trusted in Christ as our Savior. We have been placed into this place of forgiveness. Wow. To be ushered, to to be introduced in, to be ushered into a place where you're forgiven. That's what God has done with Christ. Through Christ's death on the cross, He's made it possible for you and I to be placed in this grace space. Phenomenal. We didn't work our way into that space. We didn't figure out a way. We didn't pay our way in. That's another thing. Well, if I just keep paying my tithes, I'll get to heaven. Really? God's going to say, thank you for the money, but I really want you. I mean, I, you know... You know, we can't pay our way in. 
It's unearned, unmerited favor of God. He says, look, I've provided Jesus. He died on the cross for you. Your sins are forgiven because of what Jesus did. His, his death on the cross. He did that for you. Will you simply accept what he did for you? If you'll just do that, then you're in the family. You're in this grace space. But that's something we get out of our relationship with Christ. We're ushered into that grace place and we have peace because being in this place this space of grace brings the peace that only God can give us it's amazing so I I want to ask you the question that today do you have the peace that comes with Christ do you have this peace that I'm talking about that the that uh, Paul is writing about here in his letter to the Christians in Rome do you have this peace Second thing, our relationship with Christ gives us perseverance and hope. Look at verse 3. And not only this, not only do you have peace, not only are you ushered into grace, not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations. Whoa. We were rolling along pretty good there and all of a sudden, oh, this sounds real weird, doesn't it? Exult in our Tribulations, knowing, oh, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. Well, now, wow, this sounds really foreign. Is that easy to do, to exult in our tribulations? Is it easy to get happy about our tribulations? Look, I'm not happy. I'm not happy to be in all this mess, All the, have to do all this social distancing and stuff. I care. I do it because I care about you. But I don't want to do it. I just want to come and hug your neck. <laughs> Watch out. I just want to, you know, I, I don't want to have to do all this. I, I'm not impressed or excited about this time of, of tribulation. I'm not, I'm not, I don't like it. How, how am I to look at all of this separation that comes with this social distancing and be happy? Well, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to get on the other side of all of this and ask the question, what is God trying to teach me? We've talked about that before. If you're a member of our church, you've heard me say that before. Sometimes it is good for us to stop in the middle of something that's happening in our lives and say, wait a minute, God, what are you trying to teach me? Are you trying to teach me something here? Because I don't know that I'm getting it, but I want to know. God, what are you teaching me? And that's what we need to do now. That's what we need to do right now. In this situation that we're all in, we need to ask the question, what is God trying to teach us? According to Paul, the lesson to be learned here is a lesson of perseverance. We're to look at the difficult issue in front of us and be excited because God is teaching us something. Now, right at first, that's hard to do. Amen? I mean, it is. It's hard to do. It's hard to say, well, hmm. My house just burned down. What is God trying to teach me? That's hard. Some of us are going to have to get to the point where we can say, wait a minute, okay, what is God trying to teach us here? We have to get to that point. But there is knowledge that God loves us enough to teach us to be like Jesus. And that is a big deal. We should be able to be excited at the fact that God cares enough to continue to teach us to be like His Son. 
to continue to work on us and to mold us and to make... You know, he, look, he did not save us and just drop us and say, okay, good, I'll see you later when your time comes. No, he is working on you. He's working on me. He wants us to be like his son. And so that's going to take some time. And it's going to take some times that we don't like and that are uncomfortable in our lives in order for him to make his point and to teach us the lesson and in order for us to get and receive the lesson. And so I'm looking at all of this that is happening and I'm asking God, what are you trying to teach me? Well, here Paul says, as we go through tough times, tribulations, those tribulations bring about perseverance. Those tough times teach us that with the help of God, we can make it to the other side of this mountain. You can do it. If you're a believer, you can make it to the other side of this mountain of corona or whatever it is that is in front of you that you're climbing. So what is this word for us? We can make it. We can persevere. When we're able to learn to persevere, when our character is proven as being one who can make it, then we obtain hope. You, you know, when you can look back and, and, and go that a time, if you can look back at a time you've been through and say, I made it. If you can look back and say, ah, oh, then you realize you have hope. You realize there is hope in God. God does help us through and we can see it. Sometimes we have to look backwards before we can see it. Have you ever felt you were without hope? Have you ever felt that way? Many times that sense of hopelessness comes from facing a new situation which, with which we are unfamiliar. Many times our hopelessness comes because, oh no, it's unfamiliar. We don't know about this. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. Oh no. And we panic and we feel hopeless. But we don't have to feel hopeless. We do not have to feel hopeless. Many times we're faced with the unknown. We feel hopeless. But if you have learned to persevere, if you know, if you know in your heart, I've been through stuff before, I can make it through this, then you've got the hope that God wants to give to you. You have it. You've learned, as they used to say in the 1970s, To keep on trucking. I tried my best not to use that phrase. I thought that was so lame. But it said what I'm trying to say. To keep on trucking. To keep on. To keep on. You can have hope. Do you have perseverance and hope that comes from Christ? That's the second question I have for you today. Do you have the perseverance and the hope that comes from Christ? Look, it comes out of a relationship with Jesus. Okay, so no relationship with Jesus. You don't really have that perseverance and that hope. You're not going to have that peace if you don't have the relationship with Christ. So that's where it comes from. That's what we're talking about today. What comes out of this relationship with Christ? All right. Our relationship with Christ brings God's love into our hearts. That's the third. That's the third thing. Our relationship with Christ brings God's love into our hearts. Listen to verse five. And hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I think that's one of the most, that's one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible because it applies to me. I mean, it all, all of the Bible applies to us. But I'm just, I just want to, I love this. 
because I run across people that say, well, I just can't stand that person. Really? Do you not stand what they do or them as a person? Because God instructs us to love each other. God instructs us to love our enemies. Well, preacher, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I've had people tell me, I can't love that person. If you don't have the love of God in your heart, then you don't have Christ in your heart and you don't have a relationship with God. I want you to know the truth. I'm sharing the truth as best as I can understand it from the Word of God. So if there is no love in your heart for someone, then you don't have the love of God there. It's not there. It's just not there. This hope we have from God does not disappoint. Why? Because it's from God. Notice what else happens here. As I said, God's love is poured into your heart. If someone were to ask me, what is the defining factor, what what the defining factor was in the life of a Christian, I would not point to a political party that person was in. If someone asked me, what is the defining factor in the life of, of a Christian, I would not point to a candidate. That he supports. I would not point out how they view this pandemic. Over any other factor. I would point to their expressions of love. That they share with others. That's what I would point to. What is the defining factor of a Christian? The sharing of the love of God. That's it. That's what defines a Christian. We must be careful who we support, what we say, what we do. Amen? That is true. But the defining factor of a Christian is how they share the love of God. Listen, if there is someone who disagrees with you politically, can you see the love of God in them? If you can see the love of God in them and they claim to be a Christian, then there you go. You know, we can disagree in a way that honors God. It is possible to have a woo conversation about something that is political or a hot topic. It's possible to do it in a way that honors God. I've seen Christians do it. It is the most phenomenal thing to watch. There are good manners on display. There is love in the heart from one to another. They just don't agree, but they still love each other. And it is amazing to watch a conversation happen between two people who are never, probably ever going to agree on the topic. But because of the love that's in their hearts, that God put in their hearts, they can have a conversation and even be friends. Now, if you're looking at me today and you're saying, Preacher, that's just nuts and that's impossible. Then I'm nuts and I'm impossible. Then God's Word is nuts and it's impossible. Because the Bible teaches that God's love was poured into our hearts. And we need to be using that love in all that we do and all that we say. So important. It's so important. You may say, well, I just don't have enough love to love the unlovely. I don't have what it takes to love the Republicans. I don't have what it takes to love the Democrats. You know what I found out? There are varying degrees of each of those parties. 
There are varying degrees. Not all, not all Democrats believe the same. Not all Republicans believe the same. <gasps> you heard it here first. It's true. I, you may say, well, I just don't have the love in my heart to love those who disagree with me. Look, it's my way or the highway. If you don't agree like I do, you're wrong. You may say that you don't have enough love to love that person. If you're a Christian and you say that, let me just say, you have committed the sin of lying. <laughs> Ooh, Brother Craig. <laughs> what? <laughs> Listen, if you're a Christian, the love of God has been... look. I'm just saying what the Bible's saying has been poured into your heart, my heart. And if it's there, guess what? It needs to be used. Oh, preacher, what if I use it all up and I don't have it anymore? Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. God's love continually is just poured into our hearts and gives us what we need to engage people in our world. He gives us, with that love, what we need. It's there. It needs to be used. You do have enough love to love those whom you disagree with. You do have enough love to love those who disagree with you. Let me remind, or let me remind you of something. You are a child of God with the love of God. And you are capable of sharing His love. It's possible. And I want to encourage you as a Christian living in these days. Pour that love out on those that you encounter. Pour it out on those people. If you're brave enough to share how you think about something. If you're ready to open up the can of worms. Then be ready. Be ready to be opposed. Be ready for people not to take you seriously. Be ready for people to prejudge you. Be, be ready for people to look at you and say, well, I know how you are. I know what you're thinking. They don't. But be ready for that. But as a Christian, be ready to respond in love. Because that is what defines you as a child of God. That's what defines you. Share His love. Do you have the peace that comes with Christ? Do you have the perseverance? Do you have the hope that comes from Christ? Do you have the love of God in your heart that comes with a relationship with Christ? I ask you this today because I want you to be able to be what God wants you to be. And you can't be what God wants you to be without Christ in your heart. Christ before us, Christ beside us, Christ behind us, Christ in us. That is it. Living with Jesus. Living with Him directing and guiding our lives. That's the only way we're going to be able to reach out and love those around us. Even if they disagree. Even if Politically, they don't see things the same. Even if they're running along with some odd thoughts out there. Look, they are people like you and me. And they are in need of the love of God. So you and I, we're to bring that love. We're to show it. I hope that you've enjoyed this time together on Words of Encouragement. And until next time, I want you to always remember 
that you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro.